glory to God. Hallelujah. How many of you know that the enemy cannot stand in the face of praise? When the praises go up, the blessings pour down. Not only when the praises go up, we can walk around the building and give a great shout to the Lord and he will bring that building down. So that applies to the strongholds in your life, right? Amen. Good morning. Good morning. This morning our scripture is found in Romans, the 15th chapter, starting with verse 7. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercies to them. That is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, For this I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. And in another place it is written, Rejoice with his people, you Gentiles. And yet again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Praise him, all you people of the earth. And in another place, Isaiah said, The heir to David's throne will come, and he will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word, and let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, who is our hope. And through him, we have salvation and a direct link to you, Father. Help us look beyond our own selfishness and place our eyes on you because you are the source of our strength. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for being able to worship you in spirit and truth. If there's anyone here who is downtrodden, who feels like they can't make it, just let them remember that the Christ of hope, when you accept him, he resides within you. And he will give you all that you need, all that you need to make it. He's built a beautiful kingdom for us after we leave this earth. And we, when we go there, we'll be reunited with those who have left before us. So as we stand today in worship, Father God, please bless all those gathered here and virtually. Please bless their families and please bless our community and those who serve us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, CTC family. I'm Bill. And here's this week's news. Our CTC Kids Backyard VBS PAL begins this week, and there is still time for you to get connected. Beginning this Wednesday, July 29th, and continuing each week, families will gather in backyards all over our area to learn from superheroes in the Bible and how they can become superheroes by serving and following God. If you're not already signed up for a group, you can contact our Kids Ministry Director, Tony Rayfield, and she can get you connected. Most groups will be meeting on Wednesday nights, but groups can adjust the day and time of their meeting. The world we live in today is very different than it was even 100 years ago. 
Sometimes we see change as a positive, sometimes we see it as a negative, but we can be certain that things are always changing. Seasons of life, weather, technology, and people all change. It is often most difficult for us when the circumstances of our lives begin to change. During the month of August, we will be exploring this subject in our new series, Change is Normal. This will be a four-week series designed to help us find ways to cope with changes in our world and in our lives. Invite someone to join you at one of our physical campuses or our online campus. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.net or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text us at 888-344-1022. You can also email your prayer request to prayer at ctcde.net. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Good morning. Great to see all of you here this morning and thank you for coming. As we, uh, we continue to worship, I want to just remind you of the things that uh, that we do here. I'll take that down for just a second. I was used to, you know, we get, we're getting used to having it on, aren't we? And uh, so glad that you're here this morning. I want to remind you of the ways, many ways that you can give and participate in worship by giving to God. To, you know, it's part of our faith to, to give and to give generously. It's not just keeping the lights on and paying the, the staff and the expenses, but we do that in order to participate in God's work through the world. And he, he has given a great task to the church to do. And so we are so appreciative of all the generosity. And uh, God says, each of you must decide for yourselves what to give. Don't give grudgingly, but give out of a grateful heart. So if you're online, uh, I encourage you to give uh, online. And there are ways to do that through our website. Or you can text us and you can do that. And if you're here in the room, you can still give online, but also we have offering envelopes that are by the door as you came in, and uh, you can fill out one of those cards. Also is the Connect card. We use the Connect card to gather prayer requests so that if you have something you would like us to pray for, we're, we're meeting every week, and we have a team of people who will pray for you and support you as you're experiencing whatever you're experiencing. We want to love you in that way. By praying for you. So fill out the Connect card, which is online, or pick up an envelope if you're here and fill out your prayer requests there. Thank you for being here today. Let me encourage you to stand with us again as we continue to worship God.
says, you know, you've been faithful, you have been good, but he will be good, and he will be faithful, and he is always faithful in the past and in the future. So let's sing that chorus again, all my life. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. Everybody in the house, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you know, church, when I think of the goodness of God, I think of one of the greatest gifts he gives us. He allows us to come to him in prayer. The God of the universe wants us, puny little humans, to come to him. To come boldly before his throne of grace. Where he says you can obtain mercy and find grace to help you in your times of need. I don't know about you, but i got a time of need every day of my life. Amen. Praise God. Lord, we need you every hour, every second of the day. Let's go before the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters. Mm, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Abba, Father for loving us, for calling us your children. We thank you for the grace and the mercy that you bestow upon us 
daily. Thank you, Lord, that you woke us up this morning. Got us started on our way. There are people who didn't wake up this morning. There's people who can't come to church, who would love to come. And, Lord, we pray that you visit them where they are right now. Let them feel your presence. We're in your presence. It's fullness of joy. We're feeling it right here. We feel your presence, oh God. And we thank you for you always show up. You always show out. We always feel your presence and your angels that are filling this place right now. For that, we just say thank you. Thank you for this beautiful, blessed day, dear God. Thank you, dear God, for just loving us. Unequivocally, you love us. Unconditionally, you love us. Sometimes, even when I can't love myself, you love us. For that, I say thank you. Lord, we ask that you bless everybody who is here today, who thought it not robbery to come through those doors and come into your manifest presence. And Lord, bless everybody who's at home. We understand why a lot of people are staying home, and that's all right. For you are everywhere. You're omnipresent. There's nowhere that you're not. Bless them where they are, dear God. Hear their prayer needs. Answer their prayers. Give them the desires of their heart, O Lord, as you said you would, as they delight themselves in you. Lord, I just ask today that you will bless our church, both campuses. Help us to do your will, to do the best that we can with your help, for we cannot do it, Lord, without the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. And Lord, we just ask in the name of Jesus that everything we do is in his power. Lord, let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, dear God. And thank you for being our strength and our redeemer. Lord, we ask today also that you will bless the church up the road. Reach church that someone tried to damage last week. Lord, we thank you that it did not succeed. And we thank you, O God, for their attitude that shows the love of Christ. For they forgave. And that's what we must all do likewise. No matter what it is, we must forgive as you forgave us. We thank them for that example. Lord, keep us all safe from hurt, harm, and danger. Let no weapon formed against your people prosper. And dear God, we want to ask lastly that you will bless Pastor Roger as he brings the word of God to us today. Fill him anew with the Holy Ghost. He's already filled to the top. Let him overflow, O Lord, with the power of the Holy Ghost. Open our hearts to receive everything he has to say. For we know it comes from you, O God. And Father God, we'll be sure to give you the honor, all the glory, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. I'm always looking too hard to see what God's doing in my life. And I think I missed the parts of the stuff he works on because I'm looking so hard. It's like sometimes when I study too hard and then I end up, and then I do a practice test and then I end up forgetting because I study too much. That's kind of thing until I actually relax and sit down and I'm like, oh, there it is. That did do something for me. But I feel like even now I'm still trying to work on it. I look too, too, too hard. And I'm also impatient, so that's not helpful either. <laughs> that's another reason why. <laughs> I look for the obvious sign, you know. What's the, the obvious sign? What's that mean? Like, the over-the-top, like, you know, God, do you want me to do this? If no, drop a meteor in oh, the yeah. backyard. Like, like, yeah. 
you know, something. I just want to know very clearly, this is what you want me to do. This is what you want me to say. And uh, we're listening, uh, listening to Rebecca and uh, Chrissy have that conversation about how do we know when God is talking to us? Does God send us signs? And when does God send us signs? So that's, uh, that's our topic for today. And the question that was asked, when does God send signs to us? And as with all of these questions that we've had throughout this series, there's a simple question, or there's a simple answer, there's a, there's a quick answer, and then there's a longer answer. So the simple answer is all the time. God is communicating to us all the time. God is desiring to have uh, fellowship with us all the time. God has a plan and a purpose for your life and God is trying, uh, God is working that out all the time. The question is, are we listening to the signs? Are we paying attention to the signs? A sign is something that directs us to something else. A sign is never the destination itself. A couple of weeks ago, I had to go pick up my daughter from the Philadelphia airport. And you would think that I was a horrible father if I was driving north on I-95 and I get to the sign that says Philadelphia International Airport and I stop right there in the middle of I-95, right? I'm here. I'm at the sign. I'm at the airport. Where's my daughter? You'd think I was nuts. So would everybody else on the highway. What is this idiot doing? Stopping right here. When we see a sign, we never stop where the sign is. But we have to listen to the sign and go beyond the sign to the thing that the sign directs us to. So when God gives us signs, God is giving us just that. It's a pointing to somebody else, to something else. And all the signs that God gives to us never are destinations themselves. He's pointing us to himself because God created us to to read the signs, and to be with Him. There's a song that from, the, from 1971. This song was first written by, by a guy named uh, Les Emerson, by, and it was performed by Five Man Electric Band. Now, it's an old song, not as old as some of the songs that some of us in the church like to sing, but it's still an old song, 1971. That was... I was five years old in 1971. Now, that'll make some of you feel really old. It makes others of you feel, whoa, that was forever ago. This guy's old. But this is the song, and, and you may recognize the chorus of the song, but it's difficult for me to hear song lyrics sometimes on the radio. But this is, this is how the song goes. And the sign said, long-haired, freaky people need not apply. So I tucked up my hair, tucked, uh, tucked my hair up under my hat, and I went in to ask him why. He said, you look like a fine, upstanding young man. I think you'll do. So I took off my hat, and I said, imagine that. Huh, me, working for you. Then the chorus goes, sign, sign, everywhere a sign, blocking out the scenery, breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that, can't you read the sign? Now, some other band did a cover of that, and I think in 1991, and I thought that was the that was the original song, but it was 
uh, a cover of what was done. The second verse says, and the sign said anybody caught trespassing would be shot on sight. So I jumped on the fence and yelled at the house, hey, what gives you the right to put a fence, to put up a fence to keep me out or to keep Mother Nature in? If God was here, he'd tell you to your face, man, you're some kind of sinner. Now, did you know that, that the, the, the song had that? If the song is familiar to you, the, the, the chorus goes, signs, signs, everywhere are signs. Da, 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 da. And I'm, not a, I'm not a rock singer, so I ain't going to sing it. Come on. The next verse says, now, hey, you mister, can't you read? You've got to have a shirt and a tie to get a seat. You can't even watch. No, you can't eat. You ain't supposed to be here. The sign said you've got to have a membership card to get inside. Ugh. Sign, sign, everywhere a sign. And the sign said, the last verse, everybody welcome, come in, kneel down and pray. But when they passed around the plate at the end of it all, I didn't have a penny to pay. So I got me a pen and a paper and made my own little sign. I said, thank you, Lord, for thinking about me. I'm alive and doing fine. Woohoo! sign, sign, everywhere sign, breaking Blocking out the scenery, breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign? There we go. And they're home. <laughs> signs, signs are everywhere, signs. But signs are never the destination. Did you know that that song from 1971 talked about church like that? You hear that song on the radio in 1991? I can't remember who re- remade it, but probably others have done it all the time. Talking about church. Be careful, church, of the signs we give the world, right? Everybody's welcome. Anyway, how does God send signs to us? He sends signs to us in many different ways. Let me just remind you of some Bible stories, then we're going to focus on one in just a few minutes. But remember the story of Jonah. Nope. It says Noah on my page. <laughs> the story of Noah, only six chapters into the, book of the, into the Bible, into the book of Genesis, and God is making drastic changes. So he says to Noah, I, he, he starts talking to Noah. So the sign that Noah got from God was audible. He could hear it. Now we hear audible things and we, we can't be sure if it was an actual audible voice, though I do believe God speaks to some of us in audible voices. I've heard witnesses that people have said, I heard a voice tell me. But so Noah is like one of those. Then we go to Moses. His sign was this burning bush, but the bush was not burning up. And that was a peculiar thing Moses thought. And so he went over and then he heard God speaking to him. And then later, as Moses did what God told him to do, the people of Israel as a whole got a sign from God. And these were two stone signs. There were two stone tablets on which God himself had written the Ten Commandments. Do this, don't do that. That's a sign. But it's not the destination. The, the sign is saying, do this in order that something else will occur. And God gave us this sign in order that we would have a long and prosperous life, an eternal life with God and in community with brothers and sisters who God also desires to have in this. The sign is never something in itself. So that was Moses, two signs that he got. Then there's this young man named Joseph 
who has these dreams. And so God provides signs through dreams to Joseph. And then he gives Joseph the ability to interpret other people's dreams because they also are signs. These are just ways that God gives us signs as we look in the Bible. There was a younger man named Samuel who was probably eight or nine years old, perhaps, when he heard this sign. So we can see that God gives his signs even to children. And young people can hear God's signs. But Samuel had never heard, uh, gotten a sign from God before until he heard one night his name being called. And he thought it was coming from Eli who was sleeping in the room next door. So Samuel got up and he went over to Eli and he says, what do you need, Eli? Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Samuel goes back to bed and he hears the voice again. Samuel, get up. And so he goes back to Eli. He says, you called me. What do you need? He said, no, Samuel, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. A third time it happens. He hears the voice. Samuel, he gets up. He goes to Eli a third time. And Eli says, I didn't call you. And now Eli's cluing in. It's God speaking to Samuel. And so Eli teaches Samuel how to hear and recognize the voice of God. And so we can learn from that little story that we need to learn how to hear God. And it doesn't come just naturally. We're humans. We have to learn these things. But God speaks to us and God gives us other people to help us understand and interpret what God is giving to us. There was this man named Elijah who had this amazing uh, experience where, where he built this altar for God in competition with other gods. And, and their gods didn't work. They didn't build up the, they didn't burn up the altar. But Elijah prayed, God, take this offering. And God did. God consumed it. That made Jezebel angry. And so Elijah went to a mountaintop and he was depressed and he was discouraged. And he needed a sign from God and he looked for God. But, the, but he, he, then a, a mighty wind came And Elijah was looking for the voice of God or the presence of God in that wind. It wasn't there. And then a storm came and it wasn't there. And then Elijah heard a still, small voice. Sometimes God's sign comes to us in the smallest thing. But God is still speaking to us. Mary and Joseph, another example. God sent the sign of an angel to speak to each of them. And then the Apostle Paul, before his name was Paul, his name was Saul. And he he was a killer of Christians until he got a sign riding on his donkey. (laughs) And God smacked him to the ground, knocked him to the ground off his donkey with a bright flashing light and thunder. And Paul's response to that sign was, Who are you, Lord? So there's something in Paul who was not a believer in Jesus that recognized it was the Lord coming to him in this way. God talks to us. God speaks to us in many ways. But don't ever stop with God at the sign of God. Listen to it. Let's go to one more story. We're going we're gonna to play this out a little bit and have some fun. I've asked some of us if, if you would... If if you would play a part. So let me introduce the characters to you. First, we have the Israelites. I think I asked Rebecca and Milady to be our Israelites. And I'm going to step out outside of the frame for just a minute. Grab the Israelite sign. 
I think we got one over there. Can you grab that other one, m'lady? And just come up here and we'll set the Israelites. Let's set the Israelites right here. You can set that and then you guys can stand right behind it. Thank you for our Israelites, your beautiful Israelites. So the Israelites, during this story, they had entered into the promised land. And God, the, the land that God had promised them, and they were in the process of taking over the promised land. And they were strong, and they were mighty, and they were amazing. God was blessing them. So then we have a man named Balak. I don't have a person for him because he doesn't really appear in the story, but he's a key person. But the narrator, me, is just going to tell you what Balak did. So Balak is the prince of Moab. And Balak saw the Israelites conquering the nearby countries. And he was fearful. So Balak decided to send some of his elders. So Balak was the prince of Moab. Who did I ask to be the elders? I think uh, David and Nathan, uh, I think, are our elders. Why don't you come up here and grab the sign that says, signs that say, uh, elders of Moab. Is that them? Yep, two signs. Bring them up here, and you can set them down, and you guys can stand over here. We've got the elders of Moab. Nice. Nice. The elders of Moab are rich. They're smart. They're wise. They're, they're the king's advisors. And you guys look like good advisors. So Balak says to his advisors, I want you to go to a prophet, to a man named Balaam. So who did I ask to be Balaam? Randy. Randy is going to be Balaam. So Balaam He's a diviner. Come on up here. Grab the sign, if you would, please. Balaam is a diviner. We would call him a fortune teller. And so here's a little, here's a little robe. You can just, yeah, set that. That works. A little robe for you because you hear, you hear, you, you can talk to the divine things. And you've got a staff. And Balaam is for hire. And he'll tell you whatever you want to say as long as you pay him enough money. You get that? <laughs> so he likes this. So he's got this nice robe on and he's wealthy because he'll tell people what they want to hear and he'll say, thank you very much for that. What's that cost? Well, let me tell you what that costs. And he sets his own prices. And uh, so he likes, he likes his job. So Balak, the king of the prince of Moab, sends his elders, you guys leave your signs here and you can walk over to Walk over to, to Balaam. And he sends them over there and they have a, they have a, a, a conversation. But we need, uh, we need one more person in this because Balaam has a companion. And that companion is his donkey. So Rick is going to come and play the part of the donkey. So grab the sign. <laughs> grab the sign and you set your sign up here by... By Balaam. And then here's your little puppet donkey head. <laughs> you can put, that, put your hand up there. No, no. <laughs> I should have gotten a bigger head. <laughs> As I was planning this, I was thinking the Godfather and the horse in the bed. And I thought, oh, no, no, we're not, go we're not going there. 
So we're going to read a little passage of the story of Balaam. So I've set it up for you a little bit. And uh, it's, this story comes from the book of Numbers. And it's chapter 22. So let, let, me, let me read that if you're, you're, you're following along. We're not going to put it up on screen because I want you to just listen to it. So what happened is, is the, the, uh, Balak was trying to defeat Israel. So he hires Balaam to put a curse on the Israelites so that Balak can defeat the Israelites. So he's, he's, this is spiritual warfare. He's, he's using the spirits to, to help him win this battle over the Israelites. The battle hasn't started yet, but he's, he's preparing for it. So Balak sends the, the, who are you guys? The elders of Moab over to Balaam. And the elders of Moab say to him, we've got money, and Balak wants you to come and put a curse on Israel. So Balak says, y'all stay the night here. i gotta, I got to do my divining, and i got to see what, God, what this Lord, because I get the impression that Balaam has the ability to talk to a number of gods, a number of spirits. And so he wants to check it out. Can I, is, is this a good thing for me to do? So they spend the night. Balaam wakes up in the morning, and during the night, God comes to Balaam and says, Do not go with these men. So he wakes up and he says, I'm not going with you. So they go back to Balak, and they tell Balak what Balaam has said, and Balak is not happy. What? He didn't, he's, he's not coming? Well, you go back to him and take some more elders of Moab and take some more money and dangle it in front of him like a carrot for his donkey, but we're going to give him some more gold. And we go, man, he's giving his credit card. So you guys come back and you've got all the resources. And Balaam says, not even if he gave me his, his palace would I go. So Balaam is, God is still saying to him, do not go. But they keep convincing him and keep enticing him. And finally, God says, okay, Balaam, you can go. But if you go, you must only tell them what I tell you to say. So that's the condition. So Balaam finally says to them, okay, you can go or I can go with you, but I can't say what I think ought to be said. I have to say what the Lord God says. So we're going to start reading this. So the next morning, this is verse 21 in, Math, in, in Numbers 22. Next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey. Nice. And started off with the Moabite officials. So the four of them start, start walking, walk this way a little bit. Now, wait a minute. The, so the, the donkey goes first. But I need one more character, and you see down here, if you're looking at the platform, you see I've got one more character that I haven't introduced yet, and that is the angel of God. So I've asked Colin and Catherine if they would be the angel. So Colin and Catherine, would you come up here and let's get you in your costumes as the angel. Come right on up here. And you guys can stand here. Catherine, we've got a beautiful halo for you. And Colin, you've got those two swords there. You can pick both of them up and turn them on. There you go. Beautiful angel. Come and stand here together because you're both playing the part of one person. Okay? All right. Excellent. You guys are awesome. All right. So, so if you push those buttons, 
it'll change colors and make different noises. And, and if you move them around, they make different sounds. Have fun. You're the angel of God, okay? So I'm going to step back here. So they started traveling back. And as they came, the angel appeared. Come stand right on that X right there. Catherine and Colin, come see this X right there? Stand right there. And they stood, this angel stood there to block the pathway of Balaam on his donkey. And this is what happened. But it says, but God was angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block Balaam's way. Now, this is a little bit puzzling because God told Balaam to go with the men. But why is God angry now that Balaam is going with them? It's a little bit confusing part. Here's my thought. I think that God, having told Balaam to say only what God says to say, God now has to test and prove to Balaam that, man, if you don't say what I tell you to say, you are in trouble. So this is really a test of Balaam, and will Balaam do what God says he'll do? So they're walking along, and they get to the angel, and the donkey sees the angel, but Balaam doesn't. The donkey sees the angel, and the donkey darts off the path and into the field. Well, Balaam's riding this donkey, and he said, where are you going? What are you doing? He didn't say that yet, but he just started beating the donkey and so, that, so that the donkey got back on the road. So the donkey gets back on the road, and the angel moves out of the way. The angel goes to a different spot. Come stand right here, you guys. Okay? So here's the angel of the Lord standing right here. There you go. And so Balaam continues with the donkey, and now they're going, they're going through a, a narrow, through, through a place uh, that's not very wide. But the donkey tries to take Balaam around the angel, but this time as they walk through, it's so close to a brick, to a brick wall or a rock wall that Balaam crushes his foot because of the donkey. And so he's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And he beats him again with, the, with his thing. And so finally the donkey gets back up and the angel moves again. You guys stay there. Angel, come back here one more time. And this time the angel is in such a narrow place in the road that there is no place for the donkey to go. So now the donkey, they're walking again. And Balaam and the donkey are, are going. And finally the, the donkey stops. And he, because he can't go to the left, he can't go to the right, he can't go over it, he can't go under it, he just sits down. <laughs> and Balaam gets off and he starts beating the horse or beating the donkey a third time. Let's see. And then, listen to this. Then the donkey, then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. Yeah. And the donkey says, what have I done to you that deserves you beating me three times? What are you doing? (laughs) Balaam, I love this part, Balaam answers the donkey. (laughs) Did you ever find yourself talking to your pet? Yes, of course you do. So don't don't think Balaam's such a fool. Balaam shouted, if... If I had a sword, you make, no, he said, you make me look like a fool. If I had a sword, I would kill you right now. 
The donkey says, but I'm the same donkey you've ridden all your life. (laughs) Have I ever done anything like this to you before? Balaam admits, no. And then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. And Balaam saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. And Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. (laughs) I was was just seeing if you were going to take the cue or not, but that's all right. (laughs) All right, Randy. Good, good. Getting up is the hard part. Thank you, Randy. Well done. Balaam bowed his head and fell, his, fell face down on the earth. Why did you beat your donkey those three times, the angel of the Lord demanded. And Balaam says, look, uh, no, the angel says, look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would certainly have killed you by now. In other words, the donkey saved Balaam's life. I would certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Balaam confessed to the angel that I have sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you're against me going. But the angel of the Lord says, no, go with these men. But again, say only what I tell you to say. So Balaam went on with Balak's officials. When the king, when king Balak heard that Balaam was on the way, he went out to meet them and at a Moabite town uh, farthest from the border of his land. Didn't I send you an urgent invitation, the king said? Why, didn't, why did you, didn't you come right away? Didn't you believe me when I said I would richly reward you? Balaam replied, look now, I have come, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will only speak the message that God puts in my mouth. So Balaam finally got the point, and he's committed, and God knows that he's committed. And we're going to stop reading there. If you want to see what happens after that, read chapter 23 of, of, uh, of the story. But there's a huge sign that Balaam is experiencing. Thank you guys for helping us out. Let's give them a hand for their help in, in picturing the Bible. Guys, you can take your props with you and go back with mom and dad. But I need them in the next service. <laughs> If you want to stay to the next service and help me there, too, you can, you can do that. Thank you, everybody else. So, God sends signs to us all the time. What are some lessons we can take from this? Maybe God has already been speaking to you some lessons that you can take from this. So, listen to that. But here's, here's the first lesson that I want us to get. First of all, understand that God desires to communicate with his people, all of his people. God wants to communicate with you, and God is always sending signs to us so that we can be in communication with God. Look for the signs. Secondly, I think it's an amazing thing, and I don't want to overstep this, that God created us to be able to communicate with God. Communication takes two. It's not communication if there's not a, a, a follow-up to it. it. You know, if I tell my children to do something and they don't do it, I don't think I've communicated to them. Communication is always two ways or more. 
It's a relationship that God desires us with us, and God has created us to have that relationship with Him. Trust that, believe that, and live that out. Seek your relationship with God because He created you in love to be loved and to love others. So look for that relationship with God because it's what we were created for. Third, our willingness and our lack of trust to hear God prevents us, our unwillingness and our lack of trust prevents us from receiving God's message. We do all kinds of things that prevent us from receiving God's message. And mostly those things are not listening to God, are are not doing what God tells us to do. And every time we refuse to do something, we refuse to do what God tells us to do, I know it's hard to figure out how to turn that thing off. (laughs) Every time we do, we're practicing saying no to God. And the more we practice saying no to God, the easier it is to say no to God the next time. Believe me. (laughs) That's true. Pastor Vaughn, is that true? That is true. It is. Because I've experienced it. I've heard God tell me to do things and I say, I don't want to do that, God. Next time God tells me to to do something, I say, I'll have to do that, God. Next time... God tells me to do something, eh. Next time God tells me to do something, what? Next time I t- God tells me to do something, just walking along. And God says, all right, Roger, you're no longer listening to me. I'll ask David to do it. And God asks David to do it. And David, who practices not saying no to God, but David practices saying yes to God, David is right on it right away. Thank you, David. Woohoo! We've got to practice listening to God. Our unwillingness and lack of trust to hear God prevents us. So what do we do about that? We stop ignoring God. We, stop, we make a decision. God, I'm going to stop ignoring you. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to, the, 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 the biblical word is repent. You saw what Balaam did. When he realized, when, and, and I know that, that God... Here it said, God opened his eyes. Now, that's a bit of a mystery to me. Sometimes we get so distant, we get so used to not hearing God that we can't hear God anymore. And it takes God's power to open our eyes again, to open us up. But a lot of times, God is using more and more force. God is using bigger and bigger signs to tell us, you're going the wrong way. (laughs) And, and, and how big of a sign do you really want God to give to you? Uh, yeah, you can keep going down that road, but the sign will get bigger and bigger. And I suspect that the pain in hearing that sign will get deeper and deeper. When are you going to turn around and come back to God? When are you going to do the last thing? And that is to practice listening to God. Practice saying yes to God. How do we hear God? We read God's Word. We study. We obey God's Word. We learn the shepherd's voice. Jesus said, the shepherd know, the sheep know the shepherd by his voice. So we, we, we understand what are the things that Jesus, our good shepherd, teaches us. And we know, we learn what is good. And we follow that. We do that. We stay away from what is not good. I remember people, people have asked me, 
how did you know God was calling you to become a pastor? And, and I won't tell you the whole story. We don't have time for that. But, but I had a sense for a long time. And so that's one way that God has worked in my life, just giving me a sense that he's got a purpose for my life. And, and in having a sense, I began to develop, all right, how do I determine? How do I discern? How do I decide? And so there was, a, there, there was some, some, some thoughts that God was giving to me. And a lot of times God does speak to us through our thoughts. But those, but uh, uh, they're uh, just like, let's see, how do, I said something earlier that relates to this. In one of the stories that, that I said, oh, it was Eli, when I was telling about Eli. Eli wasn't quite sure what it meant to hear God's voice. I wasn't quite sure what it meant to hear God's voice. And so there are people in my life who were kind of affirming and kind of affirming that sense that I had. And they also had a sense that God was going to do something purposeful, unique with my life. And God has a purposeful plan. It might be business. It might be something in the church. It might might be teaching. And, And there's a whole lot of things that you could teach. But God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And there may be other people who encourage that in you because they also sense it and see it. So that's another way that God does it. And then I tested those ideas. I began to do things in ministry and to see how how that works out for me. And what I found is that people would follow me in those activities. And God blessed those activities. Things that don't work, sometimes it's saying God is not in this. Sometimes, a lot of times, just like Balaam, he was headed in the right direction, but God needed to test him. So he had to go over some hurdles and some tests before he knew exactly what he was supposed to do. And I think that's true in my life also. I desire to follow God's teaching and I commit myself to do that every day as best I can. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. So I'm encouraging us all to trust God, trust the Holy Spirit, trust God, ask God if things aren't going right. We're not sure we're going the right way. Ask God in James chapter one, verse five, it says, are you lacking wisdom? Ask the Lord with faith and he will give it to you. Are you looking for a sign? Do you hear God speaking to you? Are you avoiding or are you ignoring any signs that God is giving to you? How does Scripture guide you? Are you going to God, seeking His wisdom and guidance in your life? Read Scripture. Talk to others who are faithful. Ask them, what do they hear uh, God speaking to them? We're going to have a time when you can come and pray together. If you're online, I encourage you to maybe... Maybe if, you're, if you want to comment, make a comment if, uh, on the webpage or on Facebook. Maybe, yes, I have heard God uh, give me a sign and, and it, it was this. Maybe you just can name the sign and give thanks to God for that. Maybe it was a painful time in your life. And so I went through this experience, but I know that God used it for good. So it became a sign that pushed me towards God. And it's a good thing. You can comment that and, and others will rejoice with you online or you can... Tell us about it. I encourage you to fill out a connect card and uh, maybe tell me about that sign or on the connect card. Maybe you need us to pray for you. Maybe you're experiencing something and you're looking for a sign. I encourage you to fill out a connect card. Go to our website. Look for that connect card and fill it out. They're confidential. And we will get back with you and we will be 
glad to pray with you in that, in that way. But if you're here in the room, I invite you to come and let's take some time and let's pray together while the singers come and lead us in our next song. Would you come and kneel here at the platform or just stand here uh, and let's pray together as we sing.
Thank you, Jesus, for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. So glad that you were here. I pray that as we go from here, you will go forth the presence and the power of God with you, that you may see the signs of God, that you may turn around if you need to and and recognize the sign of God. But don't stop at the sign. You'll block up your life and you'll block up everybody else behind you trying to get to God. Go follow the sign to Jesus. Follow the sign to God. If you made that decision today to follow Christ or something, again, please fill out a connect card. Tell us about that. We'd love to pray with you and rejoice with you and and encourage you and help you along that way. So as you go, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of his Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Go in his peace. Amen.